Hello everybody and welcome to the History Voyager. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very much for listening to mine. This is a fascinating podcast with an independent podcaster. He talks to me about who killed John Wilkes Booth. For those of you who don't know, John Wilkes Booth was an assassin who was part of a conspiracy to kill Abraham Lincoln. John Wilkes Booth, it is not widely known, was actually assassinated himself by a man named Boston Corbett. This is not a widely known fact. And I have a question, and that question is why? Why is it not a widely known fact? I mean, you know, there's only so many days in a calendar year. There's only so many days in a school year. And they have a lot to cover in history class. They they do. But I have a question. I, how did I not know this? I know I didn't know it. I know I was not taught. And nor have I ever seen on any documentary or listen to any podcast and lord knows i exercise to history podcasts all the time so i don't know why i don't didn't know until two days ago that boston corbett had killed john wilkes booth well we're going to hear about why and and how and this man is a very fascinating person. My guest who enlightened me this evening is named Josh Thomas. He is a podcaster, an author, and also, believe it or not, a pro grappler. I found him to be a very engaging and fascinating man who talked to me around dinner time for his family. And um, he was kind enough to do that, and thank you very much. Mr. Thomas is a very modest man. He has two podcasts, one called Homegrown, the podcast, and another one called The Takedown. The Takedown is in the top 5% in the world, and it covers a wide range of topics. I love being a podcaster. I love, I love this time in our history. You know, it's so cool to build community with so many people all over the world. and It's been really, really interesting for me to discover all these people all over the planet who wanted to come talk to me. Not least of which, Mr. Josh Thomas. Please give this podcast a listen and please go hear both the takedown and homegrown the podcast. I'm going to have Josh back on. We're going to talk about other things, and I think I'm going to go on his podcast, but I know for a fact I'm going to have him back on. For for starters, I don't know anything about being a pro grappler or an MMA fighter. Frankly, I mean, you can't be a oral history disguised as a podcast without getting those two things, I think, as long as they're, uh, you know, 
out there. I mean, I've talked to a minor hockey league player. So why not talk to an MMA fighter and a pro grappler? Also, uh, this weekend, he's going to be in West Virginia. And um, I, I found him very engaging and a, a very interesting fellow. And, you know, give him a, give him a follow and a, a look and stuff. And um, all right, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye now. Hello, everybody. This is Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager. I'm here with Josh, and we're going to have a fascinating podcast tonight. This, uh, Josh, why don't you kick it off? I'm not a steal your thunder. Uh, absolutely. Hey, thank you for having me, for one. Um, for two, I'm, I wanted to come on and tell you one of my favorite backstories in U.S. history uh, in the form of a man named Boston Corbett, who a lot of people don't really... Uh, no, and he's not really given too, too much credit throughout history, but he's actually the man that assassinated John Wilkes Booth, who famously uh, assassinated President Abe Lincoln. Now, when we say, okay, we, when, when they say assassinated, what, what are you meaning when you say assassinated, first off? Uh, so... When John Wilkes Booth um, initially assassinated President Lincoln, uh, he went on the run. And so mm-hmm. multiple uh, divisions or regiments of the U.S. military were kind of on the lookout for him. And they were told with very strict orders that they wanted him brought back alive. That was mm-hmm. the number one rule was they wanted him brought back alive. So when I use the word assassinated uh, in, the, in the sense of Boston Corbett assassinated John Wilkes Booth, he directly went against his regiment's orders and the U.S. military's orders um, in in murdering John Wilkes Booth. Okay, okay, I, I just I again. So let me lay some cards on the table. I'm 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 very well educated in history. However, first of all, I didn't. You told me there was an actual conspiracy to kill Lincoln. I'm not yes. sure I ever knew that. Which that's interesting. A lot of people actually don't. Um, but, yeah. So, but if we have time, would you want to get into that? I'm just curious. I, I will get into it as much as, as far as my knowledge will take us. Um, I don't know the true, okay. true conspiracy, um, but I do know that there right. actually was one or allegedly was one. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, okay, sure. So why don't we keep, keep on going with Boston uh, Corbett? Let's see that name right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so Boston Corbett was actually born in uh, 1840. He was born in London, though. So his family immigrated mm-hmm. to New York City. And as a young man, he started apprenticing as a milliner. You, uh, for A hatter is a lot of people don't understand what a milliner is because it's not a term that we use in the, in the 21st century. But he was a hatter. Um, and so... And these are these are his teenage years that he's doing, um, that he's working as a milliner, and so as a teenager he's mm-hmm. exposed to fumes of mercury nitrate, um, which mm-hmm. just a little fun fact: uh, the movie Alice in Wonderland has the Mad Hatter, and so there was this mm-hmm. this ongoing conversation throughout history that all of the Hatters were typically mad in the sense of they were. Uh, crazy. They had a um, 
a mercury nitrate induced psychosis. And so that turned okay. out to be pretty accurate with Boston Corbett because from a very early age, um, like mm-hmm. from the time he started working as a hatter moving forward, he was definitely an odd character, I guess. Uh, if that kind of puts things in perspective. Um, but mm-hmm. so he, so Corbett goes to New York city and he married actually, um, and his wife's name is completely off the record, but we do know that he was married and his wife <clears throat> and his child both died in childbirth. Um, mm-hmm. and so after their deaths, he actually moved to Boston and when he was in Boston, he began drinking really heavily. He was unable to hold a job. He couldn't get a job as a hatter in Boston. And so from here, um, he becomes homeless. And historians say that it was kind of like the the very cliche, a homeless man walks into a church kind of scenario. Um, but he walks into a church, and then as he's leaving, a street preacher walked up to him and persuaded him to come back and go to the church. And Corbett became a devoutly religious man from this point on. He gets baptized. Uh, he changed his name to Boston, right? That wasn't his original name or his, his given name. His given name was Thomas Corbett, and he's the one that changed mm-hmm. it to, to Boston because he wanted to restart his life, if that makes sense. Um, it totally makes sense. Yeah, he, he gave up this this weird life that he had before. You know, he was very badly an alcoholic. He was homeless. And so he just wants to start over. And so he takes on the name Boston for the, the city of Boston. Um, and he mm-hmm. enlists in the Union Army. And while working in the Army, he starts working at a hat manufacturer shop in downtown Boston. So, like, he truly did, um, like, he truly did turn his life around. Um, but there's all these, there's all these stories, um, in the, the very few accounts because Boston Corbett is such a obscure piece of history that there's, it's kind of hard to find information on him. Um, Mm. but so they would say that he would just stop in the middle of work and just pray out loud and sing like hymnals. Mm. And he would like, if his coworkers used profanity, he would just start singing prayers to them. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm starting to get the idea. He might not have been liked at work. Absolutely uh, not. <laughs> Absolutely not. He was a very eccentric man. Um, mm-hmm. he, he actually lost his job, um, mm. because he was so, uh, mm. devout in his belief. And so to, to kind of circle things back, um, being exposed to, Mercury nitrate causes hallucinations and psychosis. So it's not far-fetched to believe that he might have developed a little bit of like an OCD thing, and that was like his religion. Does that, does that kind of make sense? Total sense. Um, yeah. Um, right. He just he was very devout. And so this is 100% mm. accurate history. This is no speculation. This is no... He said, she said, he is walking home one night and he's approached by two prostitutes. And so they walk up to him and they're trying to convince him 
to to pay for a night with them. And it really disturbed him because it did uh, it rustled his feathers to to put it in in uh, you know safe for work term. Um, and so it really it disturbed him. So he goes home and he starts reading uh, chapters eighteen and nineteen, the Gospel of Matthew. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. Right? It's oh, the right. Okay. And so, as a soldier, he couldn't get away with plucking an eye out. And so he made himself a eunuch, uh, like right there. Oh, good. Okay. Yes, which is which is why I circled back to the Hatter, uh, to the the being exposed to mercury nitrate. I, I see why you brought that up because yeah, there's yes. there's no man, um, no man would do that. Well, well, no, uh, no, no <laughs> normal man of sane, sane mm-hmm. mind. You know what I mean? Um, there, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm I'm. I'm not here to, to talk about religion or, or to give you my religious belief, right. but I am a, I'm a very religious person. And I, you know, when I, when I first heard that, it kind of, it made me think, okay, this guy did have something very truly psychologically wrong with him. Um, and so then the kicker right. of, of this story is he actually prepared himself a meal, ate, and then went to church and sat through a prayer before he actually, um, uh, before he actually went to to get medical treatment, which is so, oh my god! Yes, yes, it's it's so crazy. Okay, all right, okay, that's, and I'm sure all the all the fellows in the audience here are just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I I don't know um, if that's something that you tell everybody at work. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. Okay, so we're just gonna power through that right now. But um, so let's move on with the story. Okay. But okay. Jesus. So okay. he's in the military. Um, okay. You know, he, he left the the hat company. He's still in the military. Um, and he would hold a Bible all all day, every day with him, and he would hold mm. these very unauthorized prayer meetings because you have to think like this is April eighteen sixty one. Pause. Yeah. Unauthorized. Back up. Unauthorized by the military. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Just okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It, he's just, a very, he's a very staying. eccentric individual, huh? Okay. Yeah. Plus, he's a eunuch, so yeah, self eunuch. Um, but this is like early American, like American Civil War. Like this is early 1861. Um, so the unauthorized prayer meetings, and and he would argue with his officers. Um, he actually like reprimanded a colonel for using profanity and was sent to a guardhouse um, because he refused to apologize for insubordination. I mean, he he is very about his beliefs. Um, okay. Sorry, go ahead. No, I've seen okay. Oh, okay. So because he's he's getting reprimanded the way he is, they actually kicked him out of the military. They actually, um, he was like court-martialed and sentenced to be shot. And then they decided against that. They, they reduced his sentence and he was just discharged. Uh, and so literally a year later, he decides to re-enlist. <laughs> and um, 
he on his second enlistment with the military, he's actually captured, and he's captured and held prisoner uh, in Culpeper, Virginia. And while he was captured, um, you know, of course, when they would when they would capture Union soldiers, they would pretty much treat them like prisoners. Um, and so there's a story, and they they say that the legitimacy is is pretty much all the way there um, of these troops or quote unquote prisoners being marched, um, in a line across a river and they weren't allowed to drink water. And one guy actually reached, uh, in the, in the river to get a drink of water and he was shot or, or something along that nature. But this man was shot and, uh, he was shot in the arm and he was just asking him for water. And so Boston Corbett as a prisoner went against everybody's rules, filled up a canteen and gave it to another prisoner. Um, so, I mean, he did have, like, he had good intention, if that matters Mm -hmm. at any, at any point in this story, he had good intentions. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he, he ends up getting released from this, um, from this Confederate army boot camp, uh, in an exchange that happened. And as soon as he's exchanged back to the Union soldiers, they take him to, uh, an army hospital and he's treated for like scurvy, uh, malnutrition. Like he's, he's just all to hell. Right. Mm. Um, and so later that month he returns to his company and this is kind of, the story kind of dies down from there and we pick it up another, like a year later. Um, so on April 24th, 1865, his regiment was sent to apprehend John Wilkes Booth. And so uh, we have to pause Boston Corbett for a moment. When John Wilkes Booth assassinated President Lincoln, he went on the run and he was seen uh, running into some farmland, like a like a barn, like running through a field to a barn. Um, and so there's multiple people in this uh, regiment Right, and they're all looking for John Wilkes Booth, and they are told that he is to be brought back alive because of this conspiracy, quote unquote. Um, and so, truly, they don't really know what the conspiracy actually was. Um, to my knowledge, the very first female that was ever sentenced to death in the United States was actually part of this quote unquote conspiracy. Um, and like I said, I don't really know much about that conspiracy. I do know that there's an excellent novel. It's called John Wilkes Booth um, and the Women That Loved Him, I think is the name of it. And I'm not sure of the author. Uh, right off the top, I would have to get up and run to my bookshelf. Um, I know I, he's a fan. I know he was a famous actor back in the day. <clears throat> he uh, he was. John he Wilkes was. Booth, yeah. And he was quite the ladies' man, which is what they the story kind of goes is the woman that was sentenced to death ended up getting seduced by John Wilkes Booth. Um, and in so that in in that novel, John Wilkes Booth and the women that loved him, there's like five different women that he was quote unquote in love with at one time. Uh, so he was quite mm-hmm. the quite the ladies' man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but so John Wilkes Booth goes into this tobo- this tobacco barn. Um, in this farm and he's yelling out, I will not be taken live. I will not be taken alive. And, and I mean, it was kind of their orders. Their orders was to take him out alive. And so, uh, Corbett claims that he saw Booth aim his weapon at them, which prompted him mm. to shoot 
John Wilkes Booth. This mm-hmm. is the part that um, that's actually been proven to be non-factual. So mm-hmm. John Wilkes Booth never aimed his gun at the Union soldiers. Uh, mm-hmm. He just was held up in this barn. But but so Boston Corbett shoots this man, um, and he shot him. The like the bullet hit um, like behind mm-hmm. John Wilkes Booth's like left ear. And so it didn't initially kill him. It, like it passed through his neck. Um, so he was wow. still alive. I, that was very. Uh, I should should I have trigger warning just then. I don't. No, I mean I'm rated not well. I'm rated not safe for work. So I mean, uh, I just no. anytime like on my show, like I just go all fucking out, and I don't. I didn't know if I don't. I don't want to offend anybody, but I mean it's history. I mean it happened. I you, mean, have to, uh, you have to learn about it. <laughs> my like I told you off air. I mean my one rule is we have to abide by what the First Amendment actually says, right? Yeah. And that's my one rule. You can talk about pretty much whatever you want to talk about as long as we abide by the First Amendment. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I, that, I got you. I didn't, I didn't mean to get super graphic, but it did. So it went through behind the left ear and then came out of the neck. So it didn't initially kill him. He was actually alive for two hours post being shot. So the regiment, they, they were split up into groups. Um, and so when they heard the gunshot and they heard uh, John Mux Booth scream out in pain, they knew he was shot, but they initially actually thought he shot himself. And when they, so there was a, there was a guy, um, Lieutenant Conger, right? And he was the, uh, I'm sorry, Colonel Connor. Um, Okay. Okay. Colonel Conger was the man in charge of the regiment. And so they burst into the barn and they find John Wilkes Booth laying on the ground and they walk over. They know that he's not a threat to them at this point. He's dropped his weapon. He's holding his neck. He's profusely bleeding. And John Wilkes Booth asks for a drink of water and they give it to him. They give him a drink of water and he spits it out and ends up dying from asphyxiation. I mean, he has a a hole (laughs) through his body, you know? Um, and so Conger's kind of looking at, at John and he kind of puts two and two together and he says, who violated my orders? And Corbett took it on the chin, man. He said, he, he said, I did it. And he was immediately arrested and hmm. it was taken to the war department in Washington, DC to be court-martialed. And when he was questioned about the shooting, um, I mean, he, he pretty much admitted to everything. He was, he was like, yeah, I, I, as a matter of fact, I did do that. And he, he maintained that, that, uh, John Wilkes Booth had aimed a weapon at him. And, uh, he said that, that Booth would have killed him had he not shot first and that he thought he did the right thing and that he didn't intend to kill John Wilkes Booth just to inflict a wound but i mean you know it was to the fucking to the neck so i mean (laughs) that seems like a pretty uh pretty extreme you know um and so like i said there was this whole conspiracy that's they were so upset about that um Mm. and and so there's actually like this 
little theory, just a little plot twist in here. People don't think Booth actually, uh, or sorry, they don't think uh, Boston Corbett actually shot Booth. Hmm. But, I mean, Corbett definitely admitted to it. And one of the eyewitness accounts that we have throughout history was from another soldier that was there that literally witnessed it happen. So I'm going to say nine times out of ten, like more than likely Boston Corbett did shoot John Wilkes Booth. I don't think it was a self-inflicted wound. Yeah. That was that was the other theory that it was self-inflicted. I don't I don't agree with that. I truly think Boston Corbett thought he was doing the right thing by by assassinating this man. I think I know. In fact, I mean, I don't think I read this in a book. But I think I was watching a History Channel thing years ago, mm-hmm. and I know it wasn't like ancient aliens or nothing like that. It was like something about the immediate aftermath of the civil of Lincoln's assassination. I think I actually heard the narrator say like. John Wilkes Booth died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that that was that's a, a huge that like that's where the the fray kind of lies is eyewitness accounts mm-hmm. that that kind of see both uh, sides of the coin, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For me, anyways, after it, I mm-hmm. I've done a lot of reading about Abraham Lincoln and, and the American Civil War. And if I'm being 100% honest, my favorite part of history was like American history, uh, for that matter, is Mm -hmm. is probably the Revolutionary War. And my second favorite is probably the Civil War. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just from personal research and and reading, I don't think John Wilkes Booth, like, I don't think he died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. I truly think this man who had severe psychosis and hallucinations more than definitely probably thought that John Wilkes Booth aimed his weapon at him. Um, it's just one of the, it's one of those things that gets lost. You know, as we were talking off offline, it gets lost in, in the, in the translation of history. I mean, also like, you know, things like that are messy. I mean, I've read, you know, action reports and stuff from various wars and, and things like that are messy. You know, very much, you know what I'm saying? You know, very, very much so messy. And, and that's, if, if anything, the assassination of Abraham Lincoln as a whole is absolutely messy Uh, because you take in the country at that time. And, and so Boston Corbett was initially received as like a hero, which is the only reason that him being court-martialed actually didn't truly end in in anything bad for him was because he was regarded as a hero. Um, whereas mm-hmm. two sides to every story, he also blatantly disobeyed orders. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you think about the, the death of Abraham Lincoln. Then you think about John Wilkes Booth himself and the life mm-hmm. that, that he, the life that he lived. Then you think of all the lives that were touched by this, the Boston Corbett. So you think of, of the five women that love John Wicks. You, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it truly is mm. messy the deeper you dive into it. Um, yeah. but so John Wicks, or, uh, sorry, um, Boston Corbett, I keep 
I keep almost referring to him the wrong name. Boston Corbett actually received part of the reward money for capturing John Milk's booth is what's kind of comedic about this whole scenario. Um, so he mm-hmm. was actually the reward was like a hundred grand or something. They did, they just threw Boston Corbett like two grand, um, which mm. which was a lot more than his salary as a, a U.S. surgeon at that time. His his uh, salary was like two hundred dollars a year or some some shit like that. So he definitely made out like a bandit on that. Um, but people tried to buy the weapon that shot John Wilkes Booth, and he refused to sell it. He said it belongs to the U.S. government. Like, how do you blatantly disobey the orders of the the government, but then you you won't sell this weapon because it's a a piece of their? You you understand what I'm saying? Like, that's why I truly think that in his brain, his psychosis, mm-hmm. hallucination induced brain, I truly do think he thought he was. Uh, at risk of being of being murdered, does that, does that make sense? It makes all the sense in the world, actually. I mean, outside of, I'm, of I'm, him, oh, I was just going to say, outside of him arguing with his with his uh, his superiors, which he only got in trouble because he would he would argue with them when they took the Lord's name in vain. That's worth mentioning. So, outside of that, I mean, I mean he was a pretty good soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, plus, like, if you think about it, I mean, think about even today, people in bad straits that end up in the military, a lot of those people are, you know, fiercely loyal to the U.S. military after after they get out. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. would imagine. I mean, I, you know, I mean, my one, like, the one thing I would say that, and I, I just know about this, what you told me. But the one thing I would say, well, the, this to me is like exhibit A for there's something, something isn't right upstairs with Boston Corbett. Yeah. Is the, is the self, uh, whew, castration, for lack of a better word. Like mm-hmm. that to me, that's like not, <clears throat> no. Yeah, that's yeah. No. Um. So his his life. I mean, it it gets even crazier. Um. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it it's just a it's a, he's such a crazy. Like, how uh, does it get crazier? Like, what do you mean? He oh he's he's the ultimate NPC. Like you know you know what I'm saying. He's the ultimate bat character. Um. So he he leaves the military, and. I guess mm-hmm. he starts working as a hatter again, which once again, being exposed to mercury nitrate. So he gets a little bit more, um, I don't want to use the word deranged. He just, he just gets more unraveled. Um, and so he frequent, yes, yes. So he frequently starts losing jobs. And so, okay. Uh, he left Boston, Massachusetts and went to, uh, I think Connecticut or, or somewhere, but then he went, from Connecticut to like New Jersey. Um, and he, he just keeps kind of, uh, moving place to place to place. And so he decides to attend a soldier's reunion in Ohio. Right. 
and a couple men actually confront him uh, at this reunion, and they they pretty much they're conspiracy theorists. They don't truly believe John Wilkes Booth is dead, and of course, Boston Corbett takes offense to this, and he draws a pistol on them, and um, he so he got he got kicked out of this reunion before he could fire. It. He's told to leave. Um, but so he goes on the run essentially. And so he leaves Ohio and he goes to Kansas of all places where he acquires a piece of land through homesteading. Um, Mm -hmm. which, which is that, uh, I, I guess homesteading for people that wouldn't know is, is like kind of like you find it, it's yours, uh, ideology, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, so he, they were trying to settle. They were trying to settle the prairie, right? Yes. Essentially, was what they were trying to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he he kind of just decides that this is his. He builds a, a little dugout like home kind of cabin uh, kind of deal, and he works mm-hmm. as a preacher in town, which is mm-hmm. you know, um, and he attends these mm-hmm. revivals quite often. Um, but so. Due to his fame as like the, the Avenger of Lincoln, um, he was appointed mm-hmm. as assistant doorkeeper uh, of the Kansas House of Representatives um, until he convinced himself that the officers of the house were were like plotting against him. I guess he was a very paranoid person, and mm-hmm. so he. Pulls his Again, gun out. this is probably the psychosis, but yeah, yeah, and it's definitely worsened because since he since he left the military, he he had a job as a hatter once again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's mm-hmm. just layers and layers of of uh, psychosis just building and building and building. So he pulls out a gun and began chasing the officers out of the building. Um, mm-hmm. So the very next day, the Topeka. Uh, Kansas like judge declares that they want Boston Corbett sent to an asylum. Mm-hmm. And so he does. Mm-hmm. He's sent to an asylum for around like a year ish. Uh, until okay. the next year he escapes the asylum via fucking horseback because you know, 19 or uh, sorry, 18. Wow. 1800 <laughs> early America. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he I rides. Mean, so we're talking. Go Hang ahead. on, just a second. We're we're talking somewhere not obviously not maximum security. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He um okay. so he sure. he starts uh riding this horse through the woods, right? And it's I mean, it's eighteen hundreds America, so there's not a lot of you know, there's not a lot of roads, you know. He didn't really exactly know where he's going. Um, so he ends up in, uh, another place in Canada or sorry, in Kansas, 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 sorry, my my fault. He ends up in another place in Kansas and meets this fella who was a prisoner of war and actually knew Boston Corbett from the civil war. They were actually, um, when I said that they were, Mm. um, captured by Confederate soldiers, this guy was actually captured with, with Boston. And so him and this guy, hatch a plan that they're going to go to Mexico. But before they can do that, Boston leaves on horseback once again. And 
it is believed that he settled in a cabin somewhere in Minnesota. And he ended up, Mm -hmm. uh, he ends up dying in this cabin. Um, Mm -hmm. so that is, that is the Boston Corbett story is, it was, it took us 30 minutes to tell the story of a man who was very unhinged, but who Mm -hmm. I think when I truly think of Boston Corbett, I think that you will not find a more loyal person in your life. He was very loyal to the Lord in his actions. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. Uh, he was very loyal to the Lord in his, in his actions. Uh, I just want to say for the. In case I don't edit this, yeah, uh, he has a young child <laughs> yeah. that is being. Yeah, she. It's, not, she, you know, it's almost her bedtime. That is for sure. Yeah, it's it's somebody's bedtime. Uh, but but yeah, Same. so Boston Corbett is uh he he's a very loyal person. He's very loyal to the Lord, you know, as seen through his mm-hmm. actions. He's very loyal to the government in the sense of. Um, he refused to, to make profit off of a firearm that he used because it was quote unquote government property. I mean, I think mm. him going against the orders to not shoot John Wilkes Booth was purely psychosis induced. Um, which at the end of our story, we've kind of learned he truly did have a problem. He was, he was committed to an asylum that he escaped on horseback. So, I mean, he's lived this crazy, crazy yeah. life. And, and so part of it, too, they said that he acted very, uh, very unhinged in public when he was preaching and he would he would throw things or he would yell at people. Mm-hmm. He was the, you know, the stereotypical sinner, sinner, you're all going to hell kind of preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, do, I do I do think that throughout his life, he definitely displayed signs of a very unwell man that in a, mm-hmm. in a, in a and especially at a time when. Um, during the American Civil War, if you were of able body, you were you were pretty much you were you could be a soldier. They didn't really care so much about the mind. It was more so if you if you were healthy enough body wise, you you could definitely be a soldier. Which now that would never, um, you know, that would never take place in this. Right. I think. Yeah. I think now they have at some point, even in boot camp, they do some kind of test. Absolutely, he he would have uh, never slipped through the cracks. Yeah, he would never slip through the cracks now. Right. Well, one would hope. Yeah, one would hope. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would hope that he wouldn't. You know, but I've I've certainly heard enough stories, not just for this podcast, but in life that. Yeah, there's always the the one person, or there's always the ten people, whatever. There's always that one time. Can I can I take a moment really quick? I, I want to shout you out because I I listened to your podcast with the the mm-hmm. Ukrainian fella at the start of the Ukrainian war, and I just want to let you know that was a phenomenal listen. And uh, oh yeah, I I would like to get that gentleman's info off uh, you know off air uh, because I would just which, like to talk to him. Which one? I mean, um, some the of very- these people I. I I literally, there's one guy specifically, I literally have no idea how to contact that man. Um, <clears throat> it was literally just, are you talking about the one that sounded like he was from Britain or the one he, that? Yeah, he, he sounded very, Britain. very British, very, uh, very almost yeah. Australian, but so I'm I actually. I don't know how to contact him at all. 
Oh, that's a shame. I'm actually I'm he's, learning Russian yeah. right now, and his Russian is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, he he speaks great. He's the one that I don't know how to. That story, which I, I you know, I'll I'll tell you just straight out. I've said this on other shows, but um, that story. I was sitting. At, I was sitting at supper because we're both Southerners, so I can say that. Oh, yeah. I was sitting at supper and I thought, you know, instead of watching TV or whatever, I'll do a podcast. I feel like doing a podcast. Let me let me talk to somebody in Ukraine, you know, and I, I close TikTok. I go on. I put a thing on Reddit like I, you know, on my phone, you know, put a thing on yeah. Reddit. within 10 minutes of that, five, 10 minutes of that. Somebody said they'd do it. I walk back to here to my room to the room and get everything set up, have it, do it for 30 minutes. And there were a million questions because, like you're saying, he had a perfect command of the English language. Like he sounded British to me. Yeah. And I just really wanted, there were a thousand questions I wanted to ask him. A thousand questions. But I was like, nope, because he'll disconnect it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I wanted to tell you that at the at the top of the hour or at the, the top of the show, uh, but that was a very phenomenal job. That was beautiful investigative journalism on your part, uh, uh, or not even investigative journalism, just just beautiful journalism on your part. Um, well, so the reason I still call it, uh, so a friend of mine has a line. He says, uh, "You don't Ben, you don't change the name of Coke just because Coke sells water." Right. Yeah. So the reason I think of the history Voyager as a history podcast is because we are living through historical times. Absolutely. Um, But I I love doing episodes like this because I still think of this as a history show. (laughs) I, I have hit this groove lately where I've just been doing history on, on my show and I find myself I'll bounce around. Yeah. I'll go from like Richard Nixon and, and John F. Kennedy. And then I'll go to like MK ultra, but then I'll take it back to Boston Corbett or I'll take it. I actually, I just recently done an Anna Nicole Smith episode because, uh, she also oh. has a very interesting story, but I'm, I'm kind of bouncing, uh, between past tense and, and present. And it's, it's fun, man. History is something that history is so fun. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. man. <laughs> and, Anna Nicole, I know, I know who Anna Nicole Smith is, and or what is was is Anna, Anna was Nicole yeah she she ended up uh, she had an accidental overdose uh, from a, a uh, very large cocktail uh, of of medications prescribed and non prescribed. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was okay. uh, I think two thousand seven ish yeah. when she passed, but yeah. It, but I, I find myself bouncing between newer history and, and older history, and, and I absolutely love the old stuff. But I, mm. I find doing doing recent stuff. I done a three part series on Aaron Hernandez, the New England Patriots. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy who might or might not have been a drug dealer. <laughs> he he more he, well he he might have been a drug dealer, but he more than definitely was a murderer. <laughs> um, yeah 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 yeah. That's yeah, how I said might or might not have been uh, yes. a drug dealer. <laughs> yes, he he was 
yeah, that's that's yeah. alleged, but he was he was definitely a murderer. He definitely And uh, he also was, didn't he wouldn't didn't he kill himself in prison? Don't know. Uh, he, he did. He he did. He uh you know what's crazy okay. about that story is he uh another inmate and Aaron um mm. pri- so Aaron pre death had, had relayed that they were smoking uh, a drug called K2 in prison, which is insane that you, uh, it's insane you could even get that in prison, but he was actually smoking it in prison, which definitely uh, put him in a drug induced psychosis, um, which mm. is, is terrible mm. that you could even get that in prison. But you, you couple that with the fact that Aaron had stage three CTE, uh, which is yeah. a, uh, a brain disease mm. caused from uh, semi concussive blows to the head. So Aaron truthfully was not, himself uh when he ultimately committed suicide and the actual scene that he left uh in his prison cell that that night in uh in massachusetts i mean it's very evident that he was not himself um okay well josh um it was a pleasure to have you on the show um i've got let me see um i'll see if i can dig something up off air as far as way to contact somebody in Ukraine, but um, I'll see what I can find. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, just shoot it, shoot but, it to me. But if you want yeah. to talk to somebody in Ukraine, I mean, all you have to do, all you have to do is what I did. I just went on Reddit and asked people. Yeah, I, I I noticed I, I heard you say that, and I was like, wow, it's that easy. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. So I'm gonna give it a go. Definitely no, in the next couple of days. Look, my my honest to god um honest to god i would tell people i tell this to everybody is like i say like instead of watching television okay um or whatever get you a microphone and start a podcast and just talk to regular people just regular human beings and just put that on the internet and absolutely honestly man no, I, I, I'm serious. Nobody learns more from this show than me. No one <laughs> learns more from Absolutely. this show than me. And, and that's beautiful. That's, all, that's that's showing yeah. growth as a person, and that is that is a beautiful thing, my friend. Yeah. No, it, it's amazing. First of all, I learned about Boston Corbin or Corbett. Now, yeah. Now you got me doing it. <laughs> but <I've laughs> autocorrect got both of us. <laughs> autocorrect but i've also learned about like life in venezuela and people you know i love talking to people like in bosnia ukraine places like that because like we're we're americans and we have yeah we have problems but we don't our problems aren't you know in small scale compared to the rest of the the world compared to some other places in the world for sure um, for sure, for sure. And I, I would tell you, honestly, like I have learned so much from this show and I'm deeply, deeply humbled that anybody listens to this other than my two best friends and my little sister and my parents. Deeply humbled. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, my friend. And I'm, a, I'm honored that you had me on here. I'm, I'm honored that I'm yeah. in this space where, um, yeah. you know, I've been trending top 50, top 100, top 10 in the country and in other countries. And I'm, 
I'm honored that mm-hmm. you allowed me to come on your show and just tell a piece of history. I think it's a fun piece of history. I think he is one of the funnest backstories yeah. in history. Um, and that's, I, you know, I'm, I'm starting this new thing where uh, my brother and I will call each other once a week and we'll just talk about what we're grateful for. And I'm grateful that I get to do this and, and have conversations Absolutely. like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, yep. we live in this amazing time. Yeah, we have problems, but it's amazing. I tell you, if, if my, um, if my laptop needing to be charged is the biggest problem that I go through in a day or, or I have to stop and get gas on my way to work, I'm doing just fine. Please, Josh, shout yourself out on my show. And I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, so the easiest way to find me is on Instagram. Uh, it's at Thomas J a W W S H. Uh, I'm a pro athlete. I'm a pro grappler and, uh, I have a tournament this weekend in West Virginia. I have pro grappling match in New York uh, next month. I have seminars coming up. If you want to book a seminar, my email is on there. You can drop a line, um, and we will come to a grappling seminar at your gym. My podcast is also on there, but I host a show called Homegrown, the podcast. Uh, and I also host the Homegrown MMA show, which is all your MMA uh, facts and we do fight companions, fight breakdowns, etc. on there. Ben, I'm truly honored that you allowed me to come on here and talk history. This is honestly, this is it's fun for me being able to talk uh, history, but it's also it's it's great getting to meet new people that are um, a pleasure to talk to. Yeah, and you're a phenomenal host, and you're a pleasure to talk to, man. So I appreciate you, everybody that is listening that came here from me. I would ask you to please go add the History Voyager podcast to your downloads and uh, support Ben. Thank you, Josh. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, man. All right, hang on with me. Let's make sure we get this. Yes, sir.